0: Due to COVID-19, I seldom go out. Besides, I live in the Peel region. In Christ with love, Muriel. May God bless Muriel and other radio listeners across the city, from east to west and south to north. Thank you, Muriel, for your lovely note. And thank you to those outside of our church and some inside of our church who give and support of our radio ministry. Praise the Lord. My friends, it has been over eight months now. It's been over eight months since COVID 19 started to become a problem in Toronto, Ontario, and Canada as a whole, and obviously was affecting other world regions before that. Now, initially, probably most of us thought that, you know, we would wrestle with COVID for three or four weeks and then it would be gone. Then, of course, it turned into three or four months, and now it has been over eight months. The truth is, you and I could become discouraged. We could become discouraged over COVID-19, over fears and limitations on what we, can, what we can or can't do, needing to stay six feet apart, needing to wear masks in church, masks in the grocery stores or anywhere in public, uh, needing to stop holding church services for a period of time, some months ago. In some cases, some of you uh, are precious people who've had family members, family members who became very sick with COVID, and sadly, in some cases, died because of COVID. It's not only COVID, of course, that could cause discouragement. Many other events or disappointments in your life and mine, whether it's health, finances, relationships, have also had the potential of causing discouragement, correct? course people have had to wrestle with discouragement throughout the years it's not just you and you and you and you and and me Uh, exodus chapter 6 verse 9 says they the people of israel had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery then in psalm 42 verse 5 king david said why am I discouraged? Why am I so sad? If anyone had reasons to be discouraged, it was the Apostle Paul. Listen to what he went through in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at, at verse 23. He says, Why don't you read it out loud with me in unison, would you? I have worked harder been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced dangers in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without even enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Well, that was the New Living Translation, by the way. Despite, despite all the hardships that the Apostle Paul went through, He found ways to prevent, to prevent and to overcome discouragement. In Corinthians chapter 4, we find some some key truths, some key ideas, which can help you and you and each one of us to to prevent and overcome discouragement. And so I want to direct your attention now to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and we'll direct your attention to some of the truths there is so much truth in here we i don't have time in this one message to go into all of it i'm uh, intending to do a part two in the future sometime but here is here is the first truth on the theme of preventing and overcoming discouragement i really believe these can help you they've helped me in the past, in the present, and in the future, I believe, and they can assist you. And I want to encourage you to take notes, if at all possible. All right, number one, preventing and overcoming discouragement. Number one, remember how much God loves you and how merciful God has been towards you. Now this truth comes from verse one in 2 Corinthians 4 which says, therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. That's the New Living Translation. What is mercy? Well, I spent a whole message on mercy several weeks ago. Mercy is God showing us his love, even when we don't deserve it. It says, love towards us, showing it even when we don't deserve it. Mercy is God giving me what I need and not what I deserve or what you deserve. The New International Version translation of verse 1 says, Therefore, since, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart, he says. In other words, we do not get discouraged. And if perhaps you have the King James Version, a translation from 1611, it says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. We faint not. Of course, today, faint means a little different from what it used to mean back in the 1600s, but essentially, we don't fall down. We don't give up. Probably, the easiest Bible version to understand regarding 2 Corinthians 4.1 is the Good News Bible version, which says this. It's, it's, it's just beautiful. Why don't you read it with me, okay? Good News translation. Here it is. God in his mercy has given us this work to do and so we do not become discouraged. Now, if you are wondering why the Apostle Paul here is recalling God's mercy towards him. Uh, it is probably because he was thinking, he was thinking of how Paul himself had been a persecutor. He had been, a, he had been persecuting Christians. And as a Jew, Paul had refused to believe in Jesus, and he had some Christians not only persecuted But also killed he had terrible memories of that there was a sense in which Paul after he was dramatically converted on the road to Damascus there was a sense in which he was just overwhelmed he was overwhelmed by God's love and mercy that that God was giving Paul not only a chance to be a Christian but also to, to preach and to spread the good news of Jesus. Amen? There's this overwhelming sense of, after all that I've done, dear God, how could you choose me? How could your love and your, your mercy allow me to have this privilege of, of, of spreading the good news? Ushers, could you close the back doors, please? Thank you. Paul knew... That despite all the mistakes and all the sins which Paul had committed, he knew that God still loved him. That's mercy. That's mercy, my friends. Remembering God's love and mercy kept Paul going. I I, I want to say to you, when you are when you are starting to get discouraged. Or if you are discouraged, start to remind yourself that God Almighty, the Lord, loves you so very much. And it will help you to overcome discouragement. It will help you. First John chapter 3, verse 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that, and that is what we are. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. Wow, wow. Two of the benefits of always focusing and remembering God's love and mercy are, are these. First of all, you don't have to prove your worth. Amen? You can get off the performance the performance cycle trap. You don't have to be proving your worth to God or to anyone else. And then, as well, you, you don't have to get caught up in your failures because you know that God loves you. You don't have to wallow in those failures. You don't have to get stuck in them and, and feel like, Oh, I can't get out of my my failures. God loves you as you are. Amen? All right. Here's the second truth that I believe can help you and me and all of us to prevent and to overcome discouragement. Here it is. Number two, read it with me. Keep focused on the fact that God has a ministry for you to carry out. Keep focused on the fact that God has a ministry for you to to carry out. In other words, keep focused on the fact that God has work for you Do. He has work for you to do and me. This truth also comes from the very first verse of 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1, uh, which in the Good News Bible, the Good News Bible version says, God in His mercy has given us this work to do, and so we do not become discouraged. Now think about that. Think about God in His mercy Has given us this work to do. He's talking, Paul at the moment is talking about the work God has given him to do, and so we do not get discouraged. That's the good news translation. The New International Version says, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. All right. The King James Version version also says. seeing we have this ministry. In a sense, in a sense, Paul was saying, I have work to do for God. I I don't have time to get discouraged. Do you see what I'm saying? That's what that's what what he's talking about. He's kind of saying, I have work to do for God. I don't have time to get discouraged. I can't let myself get discouraged. Paul focused on God's calling for him. That's what he was doing. Well, what was the work? What was the work God had for Paul to do? Well, his mission was to spread to spread the good news of Jesus, the Son of God, the, the fact that, that God loves each person and that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins and that on the third day Jesus rose from the grave triumphant over death. So Paul carried out his mission by preaching and teaching and writing letters, being a missionary and planting churches throughout the Mediterranean area. My friends, God also has work to do for you and and for you and for you and, and for me. And a part, a part of your ministry and mine, is similar to Paul's because Jesus said to all of us, go and make disciples of all nations. Matthew 28, verse 19. Uh, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And so spreading the good news of Jesus is part of, of the work the lord wants you and me to do that is part of our work part of our ministry and i understand of course that it might not be on the same level as paul but sharing the gospel with family and friends coworkers, co-workers and neighbors is part of god's ministry for all of us for your life and for mine then there is also the fact that God's work and ministry for you includes many other things. It does. For some of you, your work and ministry is to be a great father or mother, a great grandmother or grandfather to your kids or grandkids. For others of you, your work and ministry is to be a great husband or wife to your spouse, Amen. Amen, Doctor Lisa, Amen. <laughs> and any other new newlyweds, <laughs> and and uh, others of us who are oldy weds. <laughs> for others, for others, your job is to take great care of your ill mother or ill father or grandparent. And for those of you who are working. The Lord has a ministry for you to carry out in your workplace. Over the past eight months, there were many times. There were many times when I started to feel discouraged for various different reasons. I could make a long list, and so could you, about your own life. I started to potentially get discouraged over things such as uh, when our government asked churches to close so as to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 back in March. Uh, when I was needing to use my cell phone's email to communicate with people, but many times, many times my, um, my, my cell phone just wasn't working right and I couldn't send or receive emails because of technical problems and I had difficulties uh, getting on Zoom. Uh, part of the problem was as far as we could eventually figure it out, was because of my phone. The other problem seemed to also be the network in the area. Uh, but anyway, uh, I started to feel discouraged as well when when I heard when I heard of people uh, of people's family members getting sick, getting sick with with COVID nineteen, and in some cases dying. And even yesterday, I got new news of some dear family members of people in our church who contracted. COVID and are now very, very sick. I battled, I battled discouragement as I needed to hold various weddings and funerals and needed to try to figure out how to hold the funerals and the weddings safely in accordance with the government regulations and at the same time try to please the bride and the groom or or satisfy the grieving family members who were upset, not only, not only about the death of their loved one, but also frustrated because whereas normally they would have maybe had 400 to 700 people present at the funeral service, now we could only have 10 or or 25 for COVID safety reasons. And so we wrestled and I wrestled with issues like that. There's a period of time when I myself wasn't feeling well and wondered if I had contracted COVID-19 but but couldn't get tested because there there was a lineup of about 12,000 people or so waiting to be tested at that point in time and I was taking my temperature, I don't know, 20 times a day and, and I, I, I self-isolated, I self-isolated until I had a consultation with my family doctor who reassured me that my symptoms were not, they were not COVID-19 related and eventually I got over them and, and felt better. Um, from mid-March, from mid-March to the beginning of August, about four and a half months, I not only stayed six feet away from my children and their spouses to uh, protect them from COVID, but I I also stayed six feet away from our four little grandchildren, four little grandchildren. And when I would go to their backyards to say hi to them, they would run. They would run towards me. It was good that they ran towards me instead of away from me. They would run towards me. Uh, but, but I had to repeatedly shout out. I would, sh- I would shout out, please stop, stop. I, I can't touch you. I can't touch you. Obviously, I was trying to protect my little grandchildren from COVID just in case I picked it up from someone uh, during funerals, weddings, hospital visits, or grocery shopping, or wh- wherever. So during the examples I've given you, and uh, from many other situations, such as having live streaming technical technical problems. I, I had to be careful, quite honestly. I had to be careful not to get discouraged and to feel down and, and out. And I kept saying to myself, honestly, I kept saying to myself, Nico, that's what my mother calls me, Nico, keep focused on the fact that God has work for you to do. That, that's, what, that's what Paul did, keep focused on the fact that God has work for you to do. God has a ministry for you to carry out. You cannot let yourself get discouraged. You cannot let yourself get get under. All right? So my friends, a second truth that can help you prevent and or overcome discouragement is keep focused on the fact that God has a ministry for you. He has work for you to do. Listen, some of you, in case some of you are you're feeling like, well, I'm getting older now, you know, God doesn't have work for me to do. If I heard right, the newly elected United States president is 77. If someone can be president of the United States at age 77 and still be plugging away wonderfully, hey, God still has work for you to do too. Is there an amen? Come on now. All right, all right. Here's a a third truth which can help you prevent and overcome discouragement. A third truth is this. Read it with me. Live an honest life. Be honest with yourself and with God. Live with integrity. Now stick with me. This is a great truth as well. This truth comes from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2, which says... We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. What's he saying? Paul was saying he was living with integrity. Now, if you look up the word integrity you will see that it is defined as the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. That's a good definition. The reason Paul spoke the words in verse 2, once again, the reason he spoke these words, we reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the words of truth. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. The reason he said this was because he had enemies. He had enemies who accused him of using underhanded methods and cleverness to get his own way. These enemies accused Paul of corrupting the message of the gospel. Some people accused Paul of of failing to require all Gentile Christians to observe the law of Moses, there were some folks who said, look, yes, you can be a Christian, a follower of Christ, but as well, you gotta follow all the rules, all the the rules and regulations that Moses spells out in the Torah, all right? Now, other other people had been accusing Paul of not teaching the full gospel. Uh, A Catholic Bible scholar by the name of Francis Fallon says, he, that's Paul, denies that he acts with cunning. C-U-N-N-I-N-G. He denies that he acts with cunning and hints that his opponents do. Uh, Dr. William Barclay beautifully writes, he says, when our motives are misinterpreted, our actions misconstrued, and our words twisted out of their real meaning, it is a comfort to remember that this also happened to Paul. Isn't that good? All right? You know, it's like, you know, hey, when uh, your motives or mine are misinterpreted our actions misconstrued our words are twisted out of their real meaning, it's a comfort to know that, you know, the great apostle Paul faced that kind of nonsense as well. You're not alone. All right, here is what you and I need to be aware of. Unfortunately, even in the first century, Paul faced well-meaning religious people who gave him a hard time unnecessarily. Paul could have let them get on him totally, get him totally. You know, He could have allowed them to get him totally discouraged and could have caused him to give up. That's right. One of the reasons he didn't allow discouragement to set in is because he knew. He knew that he was living an honest life. He was living a a life of integrity. And so he was saying to himself, you know what, I'm doing what God has called me to do. I know I'm living right. I know I'm doing right. And I'm not going to let you guys get me down and out. I'm not going to let you guys cause me to give up. That's what was happening with Paul. He was able to say in verse 2, We reject all shameful deeds and we reject underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone. We don't distort the word of God. We tell the truth. Paul was saying, I'm living an honest life. And then at the end of verse 2 he says, And all who are honest, if you will be honest with yourself, if you really will be honest, you know that I'm honest. All right, all right, uh, I didn't know if I should throw this in, I, I didn't put it in my notes, but I'll throw it in, there was something that bothered me this week, um, This is not intended to be a political statement, but just watching and listening, listening to Premier Ford for these eight months in regards to COVID, all right? I honestly feel that, that uh, Mr. Ford, Mr. Ford has worked hard, has really tried hard and is continuing to try very hard to help the people of Ontario with the COVID crisis that we're in I really believe that he's, he's really been investing himself very diligently. And what bothered me this week was, after all this premier has been trying to do, I heard another politician cut him up, say terrible things about him, and that he isn't the man for the job, he isn't the man for the hour. And, uh, you know, I to. if I if, had been there, I wasn't, I was just watching this on the news, or on my phone, I guess, it was on my phone, I was watching it, Uh, I would've wanted to say to that other politician, I would've wanted to say, buddy, keep your mouth shut. This man has been working hard, and you're giving him a hard time for no reason at all. And as I thought about this, as I thought about this, I thought, you know what? Premier Ford probably heard what this guy had said. And, and I figure Mr. Ford basically had to say to himself, you know what, I'm living with integrity, I'm doing my best, I'm, be, I'm being honest with the people of Ontario, and I'm not gonna let this other politician drag me down. You know what I mean? Now, what this guy's, what this guy's um, uh, terrible words about Premier Ford did for me is, Next time there's an election, I will make sure I do not vote for that guy. Okay? Anyway, anyway, whether you're a Christian or or not, there are times, there are times when you, you have to you have to say, I'm gonna move on because I'm living with integrity, I'm being honest, I'm doing my best, and somebody can be criticizing me for their own benefit, for their own profit let him or her do their nonsense. I'm gonna stay on course. Do You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so now don't anyone write me a note about, oh, I was getting into politics and all that, because I wasn't, okay? It's an issue of integrity, and if you do write me a note, put your name on it so I can phone you, and you and I can have a nice discussion so I can help you understand how wrong you are. Okay? You and I also need to regularly ask ourselves, am I living an honest life? Am I, living a, am, I, am I a person of integrity? Am I living with integrity in my family, in my workplace, at school, in my community, and in my church? And in my church, Am I a person of integrity when people are watching and when people aren't watching me or you? Right? When you and I are living an honest and upright life, it helps prevent discouragement in yourself and in others. When you're living your life in a way that you know is pleasing to God, you are less likely to get discouraged. Are there some amens in the house? Come on now. All right. All right. The good news is, I'm not finished. (laughs) I think it's good news because here's a fourth truth that can help. that can help you prevent and overcome discouragement. Number four, remember God will not abandon you. This truth comes from verses eight and nine of 2 Corinthians chapter four, here it is. We are pressed on every side by troubles, okay? Why don't you read it with me in unison from the screen, okay? We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Isn't that beautiful? Just for your interest, the last part of verse 9 in the New Revised Standard a version of the Bible says this. Listen, listen. It says, We we, <laughs> we are knocked down. We are knocked down, but not knocked out. All right. All right. We are knocked down, but not knocked out. Notice Paul says, We are pressed on every side by troubles. We are perplexed, we are hunted down, we are knocked down, but never abandoned by God. Isn't that beautiful? But never abandoned by God. There may be times when you feel like trouble is hitting you from the left, the right, from in front of you, from behind you, but God will not abandon you. That's what these verses are telling us. There may be times when you feel perplexed, meaning you are completely baffled and, and you don't know what to do, but God will not abandon you. There may be times when you feel hunted down, hunted down perhaps by the creditors or the taxman or some enemy, hunted down by some disease, but God will not abandon you. Amen? There, there will be times when you feel knocked down, but God will not let you get knocked out. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, the Lord says, I will not fail you or abandon you. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 5, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. In Isaiah 41:10, Don't be afraid for I am with you, says the Lord. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. In commenting on verses 8 and 9, Dr. William Barclay says, We are knocked down, but not knocked out. The supreme characteristic of Christians is not that they do not fall, but that every time they fall, they rise again. It is not that they are never beaten, but they are never ultimately defeated. They may lose a battle, but they know that in the end, they can never lose the campaign. Or he could have said, they know that in the end, they can never lose the war. That's what he means. Why? 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 Because, verse 9 says... We are hunted down but never abandoned by God. That's why Praise the Lord. Praise God. So my friends, think upon think upon these beautiful truths that can help you prevent prevent and overcome discouragement. Number one, remember how much God loves you and how merciful God has been towards you. Number two, keep focused on the fact that God has a ministry for you to carry out. Number three, live an honest life Be honest with yourself and with God. Live with integrity. And number four, God will not abandon you. You and I can be assured of these truths when we know that your life and mine is in the hands of God. How do we put our life in the hands of God? We put our life by repenting of our sins. By believing that Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross to pay the price for your sins and mine. Believing that on the third day he rose victorious over the grave. And by saying to the Lord, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I surrender my life to you. I want to ask you to bow your head. If as yet you have not given your heart to the Lord, this is a moment when you can do so. Would you pray? Pray this prayer after me. Dear Lord, thank you for wanting to help me to, to prevent and overcome discouragement. And Lord, I know that this is possible by me putting my life in your hands. And so, Lord, on this special day, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me for my wrongdoing. I repent And I believe I can be forgiven because Jesus, your son, died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. So, Lord, I receive this forgiveness by faith. And on this wonderful day, I dedicate, I commit, I surrender my life to you. And I choose to live my life following Jesus Christ as my Savior And my Lord let it be so let it be so thank you for your holy word thank you for the ways in which the Apostle Paul persevered and overcame discouragement despite 39 lashes many times despite the shipwrecks despite despite people chewing him out and knocking him down when there was no reason to Lord May you help all of us. May you help all of us, especially as COVID-19 has dragged on. Help us to prevent and to overcome discouragement in our own lives and in the lives of others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand, my friends? Would you stand and be blessed by this beautiful song that the musicians are going to close with. And may it truly express the desire of your heart.